0: Happy Independence Day everybody, welcome to church. Yeah. So glad you've joined us this weekend, it's been an incredible weekend already and very glad that you're here for our noon gathering. It is Young Communicators weekend, so in just a moment you're going to get an opportunity to hear from some leaders that are being raised up within this community of faith, I'm very excited about that. And if you're new to the journey, let me give you just a little bit of why behind the what. we have a vision really a passion to make a difference in what we call journey city that's our region it's a 30 mile radius around where you're sitting right now our broadcast location here in newark 1.8 million people live in that circle and so many of them need hope need the life-giving message of jesus and so we're on a mission we're just one church among many in that region but we we're on a mission to make a difference and bring hope and bring help we're going to be doing that in a few weeks through what we call Love Week, serving people in need, and a big part of that, actually front and center in that vision, is raising up people, and you are those people, just so you know, so many of you uh, who serve on the J-Team. Can we give it up for our J-Team? Love and appreciate you so much, and if you're not serving on the J-Team yet, love to have you take that step and become part of the family. and a part of what God's doing here but we also have a a vision to raise up leaders people who feel called to really dedicate their lives to leading others in the marketplace and in ministries what journey leadership institute is all about which is for us an umbrella that covers all of our leadership development here our we have an internship for students in the summer it's happening right now young adults residency that's happening right now and then in the fall we'll be kicking off the evening program of Journey Leadership Institute. So if you're interested in taking next steps in your leadership, I encourage you to check that out. And we wanna raise people up to make a difference within Journey City, our region, for Jesus. And you get an opportunity today to hear from two of the graduates of what is now the evening program of Journey Leadership Institute. I'm sure they have some some nerves going on, you know? And uh, I remember the first time I spoke as a guest speaker at a church, They asked me, how long do you usually speak? And it was my first gig, so I didn't know how long I usually spoke because I didn't speak, but I didn't want to tell them that. And so I said, well, about 35 minutes, very confidently. And I spoke for 12 minutes that night, everybody. Just, I don't have that problem anymore. Now I have to work hard to get it to 35 minutes, but I'm sure these these two young leaders that you're about to hear from have some nerves. So I want to encourage you, Lean in, laugh at their jokes, smile, nod along, encourage them, support them, let them know you're in their corner. And then also, I want you to know that this weekend is not just for them, it's for you. And God wants to do something that's been happening all weekend long. God wants to do something in your life as we hear from some fresh new voices in our church. I'm very proud of all these leaders. We've had seven throughout the weekend. You get a chance to hear from two today. You're going to get to hear from Will. Alder, our production director, the man Will, and uh, been a part of our church for several years and served here faithfully on the J-Team. God led him to take a next step, and we brought him on our staff, and he is such an empowering leader, raising up people. I talked to someone just an hour or so ago after our 1030 gathering who serves in production and loves it, and, and uh, in fact, can we give it up for our production team right now? Yeah. I know his message is going to encourage you, and then you're going to have an opportunity today to hear from Alyssa Wilkinson, our J Group's director, who is an amazing young leader, also been a part of our church for several years, and I've loved watching her story, what God's doing in her life, and Susie, my wife, and I have been just very grateful for both of these young leaders. She also helps oversee Journey Leadership Institute, specifically the evening program, so she plays a role in what I talked about just a couple of minutes ago. And I know you're gonna be encouraged and inspired today. So Journey, will you help me give it up for first up, Will Alger. Come on up,
1: my man. Love you, proud of you. What's up, y'all? How are we feeling today? Thank you, Pastor Mark. We're gonna talk about some surprises today, y'all. And the biggest surprise of my life is right now that I'm on this stage. So Pastor Mark, I just want to honor you in this moment because there have been many times where'd he go? Oh, he's over there. There have been many times that you should have given up on me and you didn't. So I appreciate you. And I also want to honor my pastor, Pastor Dave, who made it back here from Hokes and shocked me. guys. So his soda in hand, everything. He's ready. But man, you believed in me at a time where I didn't believe myself. So I appreciate you. And then the last one, one more man in my life that I want to honor. I told him he wasn't allowed to sit up front as my stepdad is in the room tonight. Pop, I love you, I'm glad you're here. But before we get too far into it, I want to kind of introduce you to my family because it's kind of crazy. We'll just say that when my wife and I first started dating, uh, it was a little bit of a shock to her because she's an only child. And I was, this is where it gets fun. Because before I was even in kindergarten, my parents got divorced, but it ended up being one of the best things that ever happened to me. Because I got all these bonus siblings, right? I got three stepbrothers, a stepsister, a half-brother and a half-sister. But it don't matter because they all my brothers and sisters. But just so you guys kinda know, my life has been full of a few surprises. And the biggest one, I think, other than me being on the stage right now, is how close I am with my stepdad. I call him Pop, Bill is his name, that way if you hear Pop or Bill, you know what I'm talking about. Um, But uh, have you guys ever had moments that were just surprising to you in your life? Like, I know for me, there was one. I asked this girl that was way out of my league to marry me, and she said yes, and then now we have two kids, so I'm doing something right. Because <laughs> y'all, she'll probably be standing next to me in the cafe with the two craziest kids in our church, and y'all will just be like, how? <laughs> don't know, don't care, it's working out, so. <laughs> But let's not act like everything's all good, right? Because there are moments in our lives that also catch us the wrong way, that catch us off guard and make you just say, like, how does this even happen? Like when your life is going great and then something just happens and it feels like your whole world just flips upside down. Like when you finally finish high school, but then you have no idea what you want to do with your life. Or maybe you figure out, I'll go to college, and you go to college and you get that degree to get you the job, and then there's no jobs or when that relationship's going really good and then and you ask them to marry you, maybe they said no. Or maybe you've been killing it at your job and you think you're up for a promotion, you get that appointment with your supervisor and he tells you uh, we're, we're downsizing. For me, my wife and I had a moment like this when we were just getting ready to move into our first house. We were living in an apartment and we got a house, we were so excited, i just gotten promoted, y'all. Like I was, I was living the dream, we'll just say. And then I got a call one night from my stepdad and he said, hey, can you come over tonight? Now the thing I know about my stepdad, he's not a very sudden guy. He, he likes to plan, like he likes to hang out with you, but you going to know when he wants to hang out with you. He's just not gonna show up, which is one thing I love about him. So when he asked me to come over tonight, I was like, man, all right, I guess I'll go over. Because when my stepdad asked me to do something, I'd do it, that's the kind of relationship we have. So I went over and he just acted like everything was fine. And I was like, okay, like this is weird. Like you just asked me to come over tonight and now you're just gonna be happy and cheerful. Like what's going on? And he had told me that he had learned, he had found out that day that he'd been diagnosed with cancer. And honestly, see it's like why I know I up front, Pop, because I'm about to start crying. It was the first time in my life that I had to wrestle with what it would look like to not have one of my parents in my life. And that job promotion, that new house, all that stuff just left. It went out the window. It didn't matter to me anymore. What mattered to me in that moment was cherishing the moments I had with my stepdad. So we're gonna skip ahead and we're gonna talk about that summer. So that summer, we, my wife and I got the opportunity to go on a vacation with them. We just found out she was pregnant. They didn't know that yet. We were gonna tell them on the trip. And uh, we went to this place called Acadia National Park. It's in Maine. It is. It is gorgeous if you if you're trying to figure out where to go to vacation put in your phone acadia national park you will thank me we went all the time growing up there so it was like pretty familiar to us um there's one part in acadia called cadillac mountain where you can see the sunrise and the sunset from the top we'd go up there all the time growing up and he'd always murmur things like we're going to hike this one day and he said that about a lot of hikes that we never did so i was just like (laughs) okay yeah well, I hate to tell you 12-year-old Will, but this was a trip that y'all were hiking up that mountain, and I looked pretty similar to how I did now, so just painting the picture for you. You got an overweight guy, a dude that just been diagnosed with cancer, and a pregnant wife going on a hike together. Like, <laughs> what's, what could possibly go wrong besides everything? So, of course, I'm like, you can't tell this guy no. Like, it's just, like, might be his final wish, so I'm going to hike the mountain with him. Probably going to die, but I'm going to hike it. So we're going up this mountain, and my wife is killing us like she always does. She's like at the top of the mountain already, really. But she's way up there, and I'm back with my stepdad, you know, just in case he needs me. <laughs> Which was key for, I forgot how out of shape I really was, so thank you, Pop, for being the guy that kind of got me blaming on something else. And uh, there was a point when we were walking up the mountain where I was like, I, was, I was, felt like I was dying, I'm not gonna lie. Like, I was like, this is it, this is how I'm going out. (laughs) So we're stopped for a second, getting a water break. And I look at him, I'm like, Pop, we can turn around and go back. Like, Taylor will already be up the mountain, it's fine. And he said this to me in that moment. It was real awkward, so I'm going to make it awkward for you. He was like, Will, I will die on this mountain before I turn around. And we stayed like that for a few minutes, because I was like, okay. But, I was, I, yeah, I was just like speechless, kind of like I am right now. And uh, so we kept going up the mountain that day. <laughs> and honestly, life can feel like that sometimes, am I right? Like life can, life, life is a mountain, let's be real. Life is a mountain. There are times you're just like, man, I don't want to do this anymore. I don't want want to keep going forward. I don't like where this is heading or this is heading somewhere good, and I just don't want that good. We have things that add stress to our lives. We have uh, burdens of our spouse or trying to find one. We have the burdens of our kids or really wanting kids. Burdens of our friends or not having any and really trying to find good ones. Burdens of our parents are just missing them like crazy. And then to cope with all that, we turn to things like approval and the pursuit of happiness, alcohol, drugs, pornography. Pretty soon we're carrying things that we were never intended to carry on top of the stuff we were carrying that our life brought us. And we're just completely overwhelmed. And then we get alone in our thoughts And we start to say, God, why are you allowing this to happen to me? What did I do? Why would a good God let this happen? You need someone that's on your mountain with you that's gonna look you dead in the face and say, keep going. So on that hike, my wife's encouragement was great. She turned around every once in a while to be like, hey, you coming, you good? But she was like up there. My stepdad was right beside me. My wife is like Jesus sometimes, not like literally, but y'all get what I'm saying. Like sometimes Jesus is like the guy that's a little bit ahead of you and you, you see what he has for your life, but it feels so far off that it's like this isn't, this isn't even possible. It's unreachable. But that day my stepdad's grit to keep going, despite all, I mean, he was just as tired as me, I saw it in his face. He, I lost faith where I was heading, but he hadn't. And I want you to know something today. God hasn't changed or moved from where he, what he thinks about you. So don't let this climb, change your mind, about him. It's the best thing that you can do to make it through this season you're in right now is to ask your generous God. And this is something my stepdad really put into, put into me as when I was even young. In James 1, verse six, he says, he will not rebuke you for asking, but when you ask him, be sure your faith is in God alone. I love this because James says that God will not make you feel dumb or inadequate or unequipped or you fill in the blank of the thing that you feel. God's not gonna make you feel that way. But when we ask God and we put our faith in him alone, we have the ability to give it to God. So when's the last time you got alone with God for no other intention than other being with God? When's the last time you connected with Jesus in your slot in a spot consistently for a week? This says in 1 Peter 5-7, give all of your worries and cares to God, because he cares about you. So what worry, big or small, are you carrying right now that you don't need to carry no more? Because the verse says all, y'all. It doesn't say some, the ones you're comfortable with, the ones that you still gotta talk to your best friends about. It says all your worries. So you need to take those worries and dump them on Jesus, because he can handle it. That addiction, that relationship that's going bad, that job loss that cancer diagnosis, that fear, that disappointment, stop carrying it on your own. God wants to carry it with you, because when you do that, you can stress less, so God can bless. And remember when I told you about my stepdad, he wanted to turn around, or sorry, I wanted to turn around, but he didn't. The moment I asked that question, we were 80% of the way there. I had no idea at that moment, but when he responded with like that, That's what I needed to make to the top of that mountain that day. There was not a chance in the world I was gonna turn back. And you may find yourself in a similar spot right now. And the only thing stopping you from getting through what you're going through is giving it to Jesus. So we we need to invite God into our mess. He wants the mess. He doesn't want you perfect, because you ain't anyway, so he he can't have that. He wants wants to be in the mess with you. He'll still be there with you through it all, through the valley, through the hike up the mountain and he'll be there at the top. You can't always control what life gives you, but when you stress less by getting close to Jesus, God can bless you in your mess. So stress less so God can bless. Love you, church.
2: Well, hey, everyone. How are you guys doing this Fourth of July? I was gonna say, I was like, don't let me down. You got the most sleep out of anybody this weekend. Well, as Pastor Mark said, my name is Alyssa and I am so excited to be here with you this weekend and just share a little bit about what I feel like God has given me uh, specifically for you guys and for this gathering. But before we get to that, I just wanna take a moment and say thank you to Pastor Mark and to our lead team. One of my favorite parts about Pastor Mark is just how generous he is in pretty much every area. I mean, I know that I don't have to tell you guys this, if you've heard him speak before, he does not need to share this stage with anybody, uh, but he uses it as a tool to help develop and pour into the people around him. And I'm just so grateful. So can we give it up for Pastor Mark? Thank you so much for the way you lead our church. We are better because you are our pastor. And a little bit about me, so I was born in Florida and I grew up moving around all over the country because of my dad's business. It just required us to move a lot. And when I was in middle school, my dad came to us and he was like, hey, we're gonna go to Delaware. And we were like, I think that's a city in Ohio. Like, I don't know. Like, we Googled it. We didn't even know how to spell it at the time. And our realtor, we were, like, looking at houses while we were still in Florida. So she, like, sent us an email with all these places. And she, like, gave us this town to go to. She's like, here's this town. The address is in Hawkeson. And we're like, that's a really gross name for a city. And then we're like, Oh wait, it's Hokesson. Like now, this, it, everything about the state just felt so unfamiliar. I felt like I didn't belong, and so at 12 years old, I began planning my escape. I knew that I was going to go off to college. I was going to study a subject that I loved, and I was just like going to get out of here, right? I was like. Dad, you may have brought me to Delaware, but I will do everything in my power to get out. And so, I mean, the spoiler alert is obviously that didn't work out too well for me because I'm like here with you right now, but I did make it out for a year. And so I don't know about you, where you're at right now, but have you ever had a time in your life, or maybe it is right now, where you just felt like, hey, I just don't really belong It could be in your school, in your job, in your family even. And it doesn't really matter what we believe about God or where our faith is at. We've all had those moments where like everything around us is just screaming like you don't belong here. And while that is not the best feeling in the world, in fact, it's a pretty terrible feeling, we are not the only people who have felt this way. In fact, there is some people in the Bible called the Israelites who found themselves in this exact place. They were in unfamiliar territory. And before we get to that part, I wanna just share with you the Cliff Notes version of their story because you can go and read it for yourself in the book of Exodus. I actually encourage you to do that this week, but I just want to give you kind of the overview of what we're looking at. So the Israelites were enslaved by some people called the Egyptians for hundreds and hundreds of years. And God saw them. He said, Hey, I'm going to get you free and I'm going to send this man named Moses to accomplish that. So he sends Moses to the Israelites. He sets them free and they are like on their way to the promised land, right? The land that God had given them and they get a little lost along the way, like what was supposed to take them, a couple of days took them 40 years, but they're like that gif where everything's surrounded by fire and they're like, everything's fine, it's fine, we made it, we got here. And so they get to the promised land, everything's great, they get lost again, and then they like get exiled and are in captivity by another people called the Babylonians. And this is where we find them in our story. Jeremiah 29, 4 through 7 says... This is what the Lord of Heaven's armies, the God of Israel, says to all the captives that he has exiled to Babylon from Jerusalem. Build homes and plan to stay. Plant gardens and eat the food they produce, marry and have children, then find spouses for them so that you can have many grandchildren. Multiply, don't dwindle away, and work for the peace and prosperity of the city where I sent you into exile. Pray to the Lord for it, for its welfare will determine your welfare. Now I wanna pause here for a second because if I were the Israelites and I am in captivity again, and I know like this is not where God has me, I know this is not my final destination, and the thing that God says to me is like work for the peace and prosperity of this city, the city that I am exiled to, Like, I'd be a little ticked off, right? Like, I'm like, hey, God, this is not what you had planned for me. This is not what you promised me. It just doesn't make any sense. But he doesn't stop there. He continues and says, you will be in Babylon for 70 years, but then I will come and do for you all of the good things that I have promised, and I will bring you home again." For I know the plans that I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not for disaster, to give you a future and a hope. And in those days when you pray, I will listen. And if you look for me wholeheartedly, you will find me. I will be found by you, says the Lord. I will end your captivity and restore your fortunes. I will gather you out of the nations where I sent you and will bring you home again to your own land. Now, like, that is more like it, right? Like plans for my good, my future, my hope. And I think, you know, what God is saying is like, hey, all of those things that you feel are holding you captive, like I know that you don't see it yet, but those are the very things that I am going to use to bring about my plans for your good. And it's not just thinking that everything happens for a reason. I mean, a lot of people think that. It's moving to a place where we believe that everything happens for our good. And here's the truth. (laughs) Until we settle how we wait, We will always be unsettled. And like I said, you guys know that the spoiler alert to my story is that I only made it out of Delaware for a year, but it was like the best year, right? Like I was living my life. And in that year that I was gone, there were some big things going on in my family and in my dad's business. And it became pretty obvious in that time that I needed to come back. And so I like made a deal with God. I was like, all right you get one year back in Delaware. And I am gonna work as hard as I can, but going back to the life that I made, the plans that I have. And so I come back and I wish that I could tell you that because I was doing the thing that God called me to, that I had a great attitude about it. But I'm not gonna lie to you because we're in church. Like I was miserable. I hated every second of it. The work was hard. There was so much going on in my family. It snowed. Every winter. Like I was like, what in the world? I was frustrated. I began questioning the purpose that God had for my life. And uh, over and over and over again, I just like kept picking fights. Like, I mean, I was a real treat to be around in that time. Because what I didn't know then, that I know now is until we settle how we wait, we'll always be unsettled. And so I started to settle in. I started gathering on more weekends than just the ones that were convenient for me. <laughs> I joined a J group and really began investing in relationships with other people who were going the same direction as me. I began practicing a slot and spot, that time and place with God where we can get to know him better and learn more about his character. And what I really started doing was like, I waited to be out of what felt like captivity and started doing the very things that God was calling me to do right then. And it wasn't always easy. I mean, settling, it takes a lot of work. Like, it's not always fun. It's not always pleasant. It doesn't always go with the idea that we have in our head of our plans for our life. But that is why God started his message to the Israelites by giving them instructions on what it looks like to wait well, because he knows that how we wait is just as important as what we are waiting for. He doesn't see things the way that you see them, the way that I see them. I mean, did you notice that he said exactly how long they were gonna be in captivity? 70 years, 70 years. And I think he gives us that promise. So we don't always know how long it's gonna be, right? We find ourselves in captivity and we're like, God, can you give us the timeline here? Can you give us the way that you're gonna bring this about? Like, can you let us in on the plan a little bit? That would make it so much easier and i don't know what it is that is holding you captive right now whether that is a broken relationship or an addiction or a job loss or a job you hate but i do know that god knows exactly how long it is going to be until he brings about his plans for your good it's he knows exactly how long the exact moment that you are going to get the thing that he has placed in your heart. And so I want to encourage you all today, no matter where you find yourself, don't give up on the promise that God has spoken to you because the middle is messy. Because here is what he knows that he's just waiting for us to realize, is that until we settle how we wait, we will always be unsettled. And he wraps it all up with this. When you look for me wholeheartedly, you will find me. God isn't distancing himself away from you in those moments, but he is saying, hey, it's your move. If you do the thing, if you seek me with all your heart, if you practice this law and spot, you get in my word, you seek my face, you get to know my character, you won't lose. Like you won't be let down, you won't be counted out. You will find me and I will bring about the plans and purposes that I have already set before you. And so church, I just want you to know whatever it is that you are waiting for right now, a new job, a new relationship, a new family, a new house, trust that God's plans are good. And I know that it doesn't always feel good. I had moments, even this week, where I was like, God, what are you doing? Like, this doesn't feel good. I don't understand what it is that you're doing. How long is this going to last? But I do know that we will never truly believe that God's plans for us are good unless we spend time getting to know Him getting to know his character, getting, reading his word, praying, getting in creation, doing things that actively align our will to his. And it's only then that we understand that something doesn't have to feel good to be good. And so no matter where you find yourself right now, settle in. And whether something that I said today or something that Will said earlier, whether that resonated with you, you say, there's something that I'm waiting for, that I'm waiting to see God move in my life. I know that I need to stress less so that God can bless. I just want you to raise a hand all over this place. There's something that God has for you and let's just go to him together. God, we just love you so much. We are so grateful that you have plans for us, that God, that your plans for us are good. God, that you have a future and a hope in mind, no matter what it is that we're going through, whether we can see it or not. And so God, right now for each person in this room, each person watching online, God, just give us your peace. Overwhelm us with your presence. God, give us the ability to trust that no matter what our circumstances may be speaking to us, that you have the final say. God, we love you, we worship you. We just thank you for what you're doing in our lives and in this community of faith. And we pray all of that in your name.
0: to take just a moment more and speak to all of you today that maybe are here in the room and you don't yet have a real relationship with God. And what I mean by that is not that you're not religious or that you wouldn't consider yourself a Christian necessarily, although that may be true. I mean that you don't yet have a real relationship with God. And the way it works, when you come to Jesus, it's so important to get this right. You don't have to get all the religious stuff right, but it's so important to get this right. That the way it works when we come to Jesus is we take our whole life and everything we don't understand and everything we were waiting for and everything that doesn't make sense, the good, the bad, our hopes, our dreams, our sins, the things that have separated us from God, we take it all and we give it to him. The way it doesn't work is to say, okay, I want Jesus in my life, but I wanna hold on to this part of my life. I want to keep control of this part of my life and my story, it doesn't work that way. It only works when we say, Jesus, I'm settling it. You are leader and Lord of my life. And if you're here today and you haven't done that yet, not pick and choose what you like about Christianity or faith, but go all in with Jesus. Yes, Jesus, you are leader and Lord of my life. Then this can be your moment. And then everything that you just heard, the courage to keep climbing those mountains, the courage to settle it when you're in seasons that don't make sense. That becomes part of your story because you've given Jesus the leadership of your life. And if you want that, today can be your day. So I'm gonna lead us in prayer again. I wanna invite everybody just to open your heart up to God, everyone in the room. And If that's you today, if you wanna begin following Jesus today, right where you are, whisper out a prayer of faith, something like this. Jesus, today I give you my life just as it is, not as I wish it was. I need you. I believe you died to save me. I believe you're real. I need you in my life. So rescue me now. I'm going to follow you and if that's you or everyone around you so focused on God, if you would say, I want to be included in that. I'm taking that step today. I want you just to show your hand up. Just hold it up high all over the room. Just hold it up high boldly. My faith is in Jesus today. I'm trusting him with my life. Putting my hope in him. And then hey, everybody, will you help me? Come on, let's celebrate the goodness of God. Let's pray.